Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Who is excited to be here today? We, uh, we had about 20 guests at our uh, place last night at our Airbnb, and at about 12.30, they started a rave. I'm not even joking. So I've had such an opportunity to work through negative thoughts and unforgiveness <laughs> and to worship the Lord. But uh, it's... Uh, what an incredible uh, series, and I've been thinking so much about uh, uh, what I was going to preach ever since uh, Pastor Arthur said I'm up, and uh, I really, I really want to carry on with uh, what Pastor Babalicha spoke about last week, um, and just really what, what, what is real worship, because I mean, there are so many incredible stories that we can pull out of Scripture uh, uh, things that, that from the Old Testament about when the worshipers went ahead and the power of this. And, and I mean, we've seen it in our own lives, but if we've lost the heart of worship, what does it matter? Uh, you know, I think back to uh, how real worship was to us and singing to God and trusting in Him. Uh, we had a Commodore 64 with a, a game uh, on a tape. And uh, we'd put this game in and sometimes it wouldn't work. And we would just sing, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for an hour. It didn't matter. And if we had friends there who weren't even Christians, they had to sing too because otherwise this game wasn't going to work. And so it's just been such a part of our, our lives. But uh, as, as I was traveling a lot uh, with my friend Dwayne, Dwayne, if you would raise your hand. Um, anyway, he's, he's uh, on the market right now, ladies. I just want to let you know. Um, but anyway, besides that, we were talking about uh, worship and I was telling him about the sermon and he reminded me of the song, uh, by Jimmy Needham long ago called Worship is More Than a Song. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it again. Uh, really powerful stuff. And uh, so that's what I want to speak on um, today. More than a song. It's more than a song. As uh, uh, you know, Pastor Bubba last week was talking about, most Christians think that worship is that time before the sermon. Uh, I was um, teaching a, a Bible study in, in Houston and uh, uh, Dwayne was in the crowd, and we would always do worship before. And, uh, we, you know, we would try to get whatever musicians we could in there, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good like this worship. And uh, uh, once these two ladies, when the worship were done, they turned and said, that was 22 minutes of, what did they say? Of, of, of like, pain. Like, just to get, because all they wanted to hear was me preach. They didn't want to have to wait you know, and, and get through the, the singing and everything. Just, just we want to hear the, the, the message, but I want to talk about the heart of worship. Most, uh, most worship that happens on a Sunday is nothing more than singing songs. How do I know that? Because God is not in it most times. Just maybe one day just look around while we're worshiping and you'll be able to tell. If the presence of God was here, I'm not talking about velocity. I'm talking about everywhere. Because it's so much more than a song. It's, it's a heart. That is how you could have a, a, a woman touch Jesus and be healed and have hundreds of other people touching Jesus and nothing happens. 
It's the same thing on a Sunday. One person's crying like, oh my gosh, I just saw heaven. And you're like, what? I didn't see anything. But it was one of the things that, that really spoke to me about this church was feeling the presence of God. And it's not all about feelings. But I felt his presence in this church at a time that I just needed something real. Right? So it's, uh, uh, there's a warning about today. Uh, there is a disclaimer. Uh, there is a higher chance than normal of offense uh, while I'm preaching. But I, I do want to encourage you, if you have a problem, first look at yourself and say, God, are you wanting me to work on something? Don't immediately think because you're offended that I did something. Maybe the Lord's trying to show you something. But if you're exceptionally angry, I want to encourage you to have a face-to-face conversation with my wife. <laughs> because she writes all my sermons. <laughs> worship. What is worship? Well, I asked Mr. G. Ugle, and he said... Expression of reverence and adoration for your deity. So think about that for just a moment. Expression of reverence and adoration. How do you show your expression of reverence and adoration? If it's through our song on a Sunday morning, do we really show an expression of reverence and adoration? Just think about it. Now, at any point in the sermon, if you are arguing with me in your mind and saying, well, he doesn't know this, then I'm definitely talking to you. If you are justifying things as I'm speaking, then this is, is for you. But what we need to do is lay down our excuses and our pride and really just come bare to say, Lord, I want you to speak to me. Because if you come, if you leave the same way you came in, then you might as well have stayed home. You came because you wanted to change. You came because you need some things knocked off and some monkeys on your back and some things that have just become normal that need to be exposed. When David was caught in sin and Nathan came to him and told him about this king who took the sheep away from one you know, poor man, and, and David's like, that's awful. We should kill that guy. And Nathan's like, it's you. <laughs> Sometimes we can get so lost in our own stuff and what's going on that it becomes normal. And, and this is where we come. And it's also the reading of the word daily that wakes us up to say like, hang on a second, I'm missing something here. You with me? So just, just lay all of that and say, Lord, I, I really want to experience you. I want to come out different than I came in. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter your title or anything like that. I'm telling you that the majority of us sitting in this place are missing the heart of worship. How, how do you know that, Brent? I'm just telling you the majority of the church on the world is missing the heart of worship. Think about if we were truly worshiping God, what would happen in the world today? When we look at the nonsense that's going on in the world, do you know that there's a good part of that nonsense that came from the church that's happening in the church it's not like the church is is just amazing and then it's the those you know all those sinners outside of it it's the sinners in the church so let's just talk about christians today all right 
You become what you worship. Say that with me. You become what you worship. This, and, and I'm going to prove this to you. We don't know if that's official, but he may have said that at some point. But you become what you worship. And I'm, and I'm going to show you some, some, some different things in our lives. And I think we are all guilty to realize, as Pastor Bible spoke about, we have other things on the throne. And I didn't want to move past that because I, I think until we are on our knees, and, and I'm not talking about condemnation and shame and all of that, but just to say, Lord, I have allowed so many other things to take your place. In American culture, there are things going on in all cultures, but in American culture, there are things going on that is normal, that you are born into, that you don't even realize that it is worship of something besides God. And so please give me the opportunity to speak to those things without like immediately shutting it down because it's part of culture. I can tell who my wife worships. Because you become what you worship. And more and more, she looks like Jesus every day. God bless my wife. What about sports? You become what you worship. You see, in, a, in American culture, we call that, no, I'm just a hardcore fan. Or maybe it, it's an idol. I was going to put pictures of the Texas A&M team, but I didn't want like you burning down this building. <laughs> Do you know that some people are more committed to their college than they are to Christ, and they call themselves Christians? Yes. What about those people who are so big fans of Justin Bieber that they call them believers? Yeah. <laughs> and the Swifties. I happen to like Taylor Swift, but I'm definitely not a Swifty. I'm a Christian. <laughs> but there are people that are so dedicated to, to, to bands, to celebrities. To, but I want you to ask the Lord to reveal where you are and what do you hold up. Because we all can look at someone and say, oh, I can't believe that they like that about Taylor Swift. But then there's something in your life that's just as that you are worshiping. But the problem is it's what worship of something other than God causes to happen in our lives. This is the issue, right? You become what you worship. I've, it's always been fascinating to me to spend time with believers who are also sports fans and see the, the dichotomy between the Saturday game and the Sunday morning. On the Saturday, they wild animals for their sports team. And on a Sunday, they're very reserved, like you're not even sure if they're still alive. It's about passion. You go, no, 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 I'm just being reverent. There's a passion. David had a passion that caused him to dance in his undies. And I'm not promoting that at this church. Please don't. Don't come dance in your undies here. You become what you worship. What about food? Here's a tough one. As a culture, we worship food. And you can't only look at, at fat people and say, oh, they worship food. I know some skinny people who are more obsessed about food than fat people. 
They're like, I only eat, you know, responsibly sourced grapes from the mountains of Guatemala. I'm like, great. I eat grapes from H-E-B. But we can get so obsessed over things. This is what I'm talking about. And we don't realize that this has become an idol and we are worshiping these things. Now, food is very important, of course. And I think God has given us taste buds. Well, I know he's given us taste buds to be able to enjoy these things. But it's like everything. It's when it becomes an idol that it's a problem. And it robs us of the source of life. Because, say with me again, we become what we worship. And worship is more than a song. So you can't come on a Sunday after worshiping everything else all week and then think you're going to sing three songs and realign with God. Now, God is very gracious and, and he encounters us as we had the opportunity today just to stop and think of the words that, that we are singing. Be in his corporate presence and, and he, he's always there for us. But what about these things? Okay, let's get real. What if I asked you to keep a diary about how many times you thought about food versus how many times you thought about doing God's will? I'm not trying to anybody to, I mean, this is me too. I'm, I'm, but we came here because we want to be aligned with God. Not because we want to just be told you're doing great when we're not doing great. You can get passed in grades in school without truly passing. But one day, it's going to catch up to you. What about our Christianity? I do not want to be among the group that gets to the, to the, to the end of the road and God's like, what the scripture says, I never knew you. Because I was just singing songs and there was no adoration or true commitment from my heart. Thank you, Pastor Arthur, for preaching about hell. That's another thing we don't hear about anymore. No, no, don't tell me about hell. It's a bit of a downer. Yeah, it's a big downer. Very far. But hell has no worry for those whose hearts are committed to his. And remember, God did not create hell for people. I can't believe that a loving God would send people to hell. He doesn't. We send ourselves to hell when we reject the answer. That's like me having a disease and a doctor comes with a vaccine and I'm like, no. And then as I'm dying, I'm like, that doctor was terrible. No, you, me, were an idiot. You with me? Little, little side rabbit, we carry on. Okay, here we go. America, what about pets? I just want to say, if you push your dog around in a stroller, please come see Pastor Arthur, he wants to talk to you. There's some counseling that needs to go on here. You become what you worship. When I first came to America, I was horrified. Four post beds for dogs, and there was the CB paws in Aspen, the whole shop just dedicated to dogs. And I was like, these people are crazy. And just like Sodom, the longer I stayed here, now my dog sleeps in the bed. He's got a little bandana sucking me into this culture. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with enjoying pets. They are an absolute blessing from the Lord. But do you see how we can take something good and it can start to become an object of worship? I've seen people rearrange their whole schedule 
because of their, their pet, where they would never do that for church. And these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. We love our dogs. They, 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 they're fantastic. I, wouldn't want, I didn't want the kids to have a life without pets. I think it's such a blessing from God. But when we are so obsessed about making sure the dog is happy, but we don't really care about the heart of God, then, then it's a problem. And if you have a cat, it's even worse because it's not even going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, if you're angry, talk to my wife. <laughs> so this, this, this is a Jim, a Jim Gaffigan joke, but this is a real thing that happened to my wife and I. Uh, when we were in Aspen, and, and this was when my business was just starting and things were tight and everything like that, we got invited to a dog's birthday party. <laughs> True story. And I thought it was a joke until we arrived, and sure as can be, people had flown in on private jets to attend this dog's birthday party. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating at all. And it was at a time like money was really tight, and they're giving this dog all the gifts. It's the first time ever in my life that I was like jealous of a dog. <laughs> I was like, that's a really nice cake. I wouldn't mind a piece of that, and that dog's just... But the thing is, we can't look at, at those people and say, look at how they're worshiping that dog because there's things in my own heart. And, I'm, and, and I'll get to the things and I'll be vulnerable uh, uh, with you today. But there is a cost to worshiping anything other than God. Why? Because you become what you worship. You become what you worship. So when God is not on the throne, I'm not becoming like God. I'm becoming like something else. What about shopping? I'm going to tell you something crazy. Do you know that there is a website called blackfridaydeathcount.com? If you get nothing else from the sermon, just remember that website. No, don't. If that's the only thing you remember, I failed horribly. Blackfridaydeathcount.com. That tracks the number of people killed during Black Friday shopping. And if you don't believe me, go to Walmart on Black Friday and witness it for yourself. I thought South Africa was lawless and crazy until I wound up in a Walmart on Black Friday. Could you imagine being the pastor at that funeral? Yes, they were a hero. They died trying to get their 75-inch TV for $50 cheaper than normal. Like people literally getting killed in stampedes and all of these things because they're trying to get a product. Tell me that's not worship. Because you've got to have something and now you can get it for cheaper. Am I talking to anybody? We obsess over these things. We think about these things. Just think about what occupied your mind most this week. Tell me. Was it like the Psalms where David's like, I'm, I'm just thinking of you and all of that, or was it other things? I can tell you for me, I had to fight knowing that I was preaching this sermon so I could tell you I thought about God. <laughs> just like Martha, so many worries, so many cares. I have to fight Martha's syndrome harder than, than I care to admit. 
It wakes me up in the night. I'm thinking about things. And, and this morning I got to think about my problems to the, to the beat of a bass, which was nice, at 12.30. Um, but you hear what I'm saying? What occupied your mind most this, this, this week? Here we go. Next one. Kids. Kids have got out of control. Kids have become the center of parent universe and it is wrong. And it's creating little monsters. But nobody wants to admit that because what became as a blessing from God has now become an obsession and an idol. And if your stroller has airbags, I might be talking to you. Because every little thing, every this, they, they never get told no. And so the kid grows up thinking the whole world revolves around them. You want to know some of the greatest offenders? Grandparents. I, I put my feet on the couch once when I was young. And my mom gave me such a beating that when I got home from hospital, I never did that again. And that same woman... Years later, my kids are jumping on her couch, and I'm like, Mom, and she's like, shame, they're having fun. <laughs> every blessing, I'm just trying to touch on different things in our lives, but every blessing can become an obsession. I understand that kids need a regular interval and stuff like that, but I've seen people use that, that now they, they stop God being able to use in their life because the baby needs a nap. Now, please, don't. I've, I've lived through having kids. My son is, is sitting there. It's, it's do you, you can justify anything. But at some point, you have to stand before the Lord and say, are you the object of my worship? Is he truly the object of the worship? And it doesn't mean you throw everything else to the ground. No. I believe that when you worship God like Joseph, everything else is better. Your work is better. You're a better employee. You're a better uh, father, mother. You're a better husband, wife. Why? Because you become what, like what you worship. So if you're becoming more like Christ, guess what? He's, he's the best at all of those things. What about fashion and beauty? Come on. How much time are people obsessing over how they look? And there's nothing wrong with looking nice for a certain thing, but there's also a line that we cross where if it's taking up so much time in your mind and in your bank account and everything like that to look a certain way, is it becoming an idol or has it become an idol? And if you don't know what this is uh, over here on your left, that's airbags for women in case they fall down. <laughs> you become what you worship. There's nothing wrong with looking nice. Don't hear me. Don't get me wrong. Brent said don't wear makeup. No. I'm talking about what has become the object of your worship. You hear what I'm saying? where you look in the mirror and you are so dissatisfied that you spend hours having to change your looks in order to be accepted, I'm telling you something's wrong there. 
that if you would make God the object of your worship, you would see a beauty that maybe you were missing before because Satan was lying in your ear. You become what you worship. How about this one? If you worship a Louis Vuitton suitcase, you will end up looking like it one day. We laugh, but if we could just stop and lay things honestly before the Lord, there are so many things that we've justified that's just become normal that, that need to hightail its way out of our life. And the freedom that comes with that. Okay, next one. I want to ask you an honest question, and, and this is just a little fun thing, but be truthful, okay? How many of you... How many prayers have we prayed for money versus anything else? Come on. We worship money even when we don't want to admit it. Why? Because most of our life is revolving around that. And we need money for certain things. But there's a difference between need and this. Okay. I want to talk about the genie. The genie in the lamp. Come on. Let's put the religiousness aside. And somebody shout out some answers. Who's obsessed or not, who, who's daydreamed about finding a genie in a lamp every time you watch the Aladdin or something like that? Anybody besides me? Come on. Okay. Don't give me the church answer because I'll kick you straight out. What were your three wishes? Please shout them out to me. What was your first wish? Three more wishes, yeah? Yeah. What else? Wealth. What else? Money. What else? Health, beauty. Okay. And, and I think that's everybody. Did anybody say for my first wish, I'm going to wish to be closer to God? <laughs> now you might be, and you'd be lying, so don't raise your hand. But that's my point, and that's me too. I have never thought of my three wishes from the genie as anything other than like material things for this earth kind of thing. And then I thought, then I'll do some good. You know, I wish for 29.6 billion, and then I'm going to do a lot of good in this world. But doesn't that reveal the condition of our heart, what we would have done with those three wishes? Anybody? Listen to this. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. But I want to re replace that enslaved to money with all these other things that I've been talking about. You can't worship two things. For me, it's, it's business. I think about it all the time. I think about the ranch all the time. I think about how to better the ranch. I think about how to engage our guests more. It wakes me up at night about our construction issues and how to solve septic. And I have to fight through all these because, because something as, as much of a blessing as a business wants to creep its way onto the throne instead of thinking about God. This is, this is, my, this is my struggle. This is my fight. You hear what I'm saying? For somebody else, it might be fashion and beauty. For some, but we cannot give in to these things because... We become what we worship, and I don't want to look like a ranch or one of the animals from it. 
I don't want the greatest thing said about me is Brent has a wonderful ranch. I want to be said that he was a man who chased after the heart of God, who happened to have a ranch, or whatever that might be, or the business, or the money, or the, you with me? But I have to watch what my heart is obsessing over, and I have to feed it what it needs. Because if I don't feed it the right things, it's just going to chomp on the culture of this world that is being fed to me all the time through everything. It's coming automatically. Okay, how about this? Go back to the sports again. The next one. Okay, you become what you worship. Now look at this. There's some real images here. Next one. Not one person is sleeping. The whole church is sleeping. This is a real photo here on the bottom left. This guy, I think he's dead. I think he died in the church. There's men and women sleeping up there in the corner. These are real photos. The others are, are, are stock photos. But how do we go from that sports game going crazy to sleeping in church? It's passion. It's the object of desire. It's, it's our worship because we don't think that what's happening is as valuable as what happened before. But if you knew that this was life that you were getting, you'd be sitting on the edge of your seat going like, oh, give me more. You with me? You become what you worship. I can tell you that my wife says I'm a better husband the closer I am to God. Right? I don't want to just sing songs. And it's got, nothing, it's got nothing to do with the worship team. It has everything to do with, with me in that seat. Because if, if, if we are lifting up God, then there is a, a great opportunity there. You with me? Okay. Now look at this. Next one. Now be careful before you answer. Is this true worship? And I'll say, Maybe. And here's why. Because I've known many women in church who worshiped just like that and then climbed on their broomstick and flew away after the service. <laughs> haven't you? Men and women, haven't you met people who worshiped like this and then they try to rob you in business? And worshiped like this and then were rotten in other ways. So this is not the sign either of authentic worship. This can be. But don't think because we raise our hands and we, you know, we do these things and we prophesy and everything that, oh, that person, that's the real person following God. Not necessarily. How about this one? I would say this was the best picture of authentic worship that I could find. Somebody who's daily picking up their cross and following him in devotion because I want to become like the person I'm worshiping. And let me read it to you. It's, and Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. We don't, we don't talk about that anymore because Jesus is my homeboy, right? He's, he's all about everything that I want and need. And yes, God is a wonderful heavenly father and you can pray anywhere for anything. And I want my kids to always know that. God cares about the smallest details. 
but he's the object of my worship. So my heart begins to change after the things that he wants. And I say, I don't want that because I want what you want. It's the same with my wife. The closer we got, the less I wanted things apart from her. I want to do things with her versus us do things apart. And I want to be with God. God, where can I walk with you today? What would you have me do with what I have? If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And if you, if and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? We are worshiping things and giving away our soul for no value. It's nice to have nice things. I love my family to have nice things. But when that becomes our obsession, it has now become a wasted death trap. Listen to this from Psalms 115. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear and noses that cannot smell. They have hands that cannot feel and feet that cannot walk and throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them. And those who trust in them as are those who trust in them. Listen to this. When you worship an idol, you become like that idol, mute. What does that mean? You've got nothing of value to give to the world. We are called to be the light to the world. If Louis Vuitton, and nothing wrong if you wear little Louis, okay? But what I'm saying is if, if Louis Vuitton is my greatest achievement, then I only have Louis Vuitton to give to the world. You with me? This is so important because we forget that we are the light to the world. And when we've worshipped other things besides Christ, no wonder the world is in the state that it's in. Because the church has nothing to give because we've been worshipping idols that when it comes to the grand scheme of things are mute and can do nothing for anybody. But there's good news. Who wants some good news? Romans 12 verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And as we are transformed, we become what the world needs and what our friends need and what everybody needs. Because if we're not giving them Christ, what are we giving them? Just man's opinions and man's things. Lord, I want to worship you once again because that's the only thing of value that I have to give at the end of the day. Right? That they may see Christ in me. They may see Christ in you. As Paul said, follow me as, as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Thank you, Lord. And it's easy to stop and just say, Lord, forgive me. And you know what? He's right there. Lord, help me. And he's right there. But it takes a heart who wants to change to say, I don't want to be like that. 
and it can happen to anybody, please. I speak to you as, a, as a, an elder in this church that if I don't watch my ways, I will worship other things. That is the flesh that wants to take over. But that's why we are together, to encourage one another onto the things of Christ. Oh, Lord, I want to worship you again. And yes, let it be expressed in our singing and our song because of our adoration. But that's an expression. My heart is what needs to change. And then it's not just how I sing on a Sunday. It's how I give. Monday to Saturday as well. It's how I interact. It's what I do. You know that worry can become an idol. Worrying about stuff all the time. Put God back on the throne. I have to fight this. The more responsibility you have, the more these things want to come get you. No, Lord, I'm only going to worship you. Read your Bible. Pray every day. That old children's church song. And you'll grow, grow, grow. Forget your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. It's true. If you're not feeding yourself the Word, the renewing of the mind, you are not being transformed into His likeness, which means you are being transformed into something else, into a Louis Vuitton suitcase. Who's with me? Thank you. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.